Welcome to Leave Your Mark, where I explore the influences that have shaped the lives of our incredible guests. These are the stories of lives worth talking about. Follow me on Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain, or link up with me on my Facebook fan page at Scott G. Langston. My goal is to create a community of people who take every opportunity to live high-performing lives. Before I get started on today's podcast, I want to take a moment to connect you with my sponsor, ReconditioningHQ.com. Reconditioning is now completely virtual. This amazing operating system that brings the worlds of therapy and performance together in one powerful package can now be digested from the comfort of your home or personal workspace. Reconditioning is about unleashing the human in human performance. It's about understanding why you or your clients are not performing or living your best life and giving you and your clients the skills for optimal performance. Our courses, R1 Foundations and R2 Designs take you through a complete process in assessment and intervention. Our Reconditioning Specialist Mentorship pulls everything together in your operating context, and our landmark program, Empower You, helps you navigate your own life so you can be your very best. For more information about reconditioning courses and programs, head over to reconditioninghq.com and use the coupon code LYM50 for $50 off the price of any one of our empowering courses. Hello, and welcome to Leave Your Mark, Sunday Remarks. This is my new offering, solo production on Sundays for people who are out there listening in the listenership and just bringing some personal insight uh, to connect with you and some of the struggles that maybe you have uh, living and working in the human performance world or in whatever world you work in today. And today I thought I would talk a little bit about um, the idea of relationships Uh, I know we all are challenged uh, in our partnerships with a spouse, um, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever that might be uh, in your world. And I've had my share of of interesting um, failures and success stories in that process. Well, really a a lot of failures and and one really great success story, which still has its moments of challenge. So whether you are in a relationship right now or uh, maybe in the future, um, I think there's some potentially worthwhile uh, thoughts to consider as I walk through some of the experiences I've had. And uh, I guess if I hearken back to my youth, uh, I wasn't a guy who uh, dated a lot of girls uh, in high school. Um, had a few uh, short girlfriend situations, and then kind of got into university. And um, you know, I think I invested myself in, uh, in a relationship in university with a gal for you know too seriously, probably because I thought you know I have I have this responsibility gene in me to some degree and also uh, I think like many of us a self-worth gene and possibly because I uh, was a chubby kid and I hadn't dated a lot of girls and stuff uh, I kind of felt like okay if I met somebody um, you know I better better morph myself uh, to to keep that person so this became a thematic for me anyways that I would sort of modify myself and my personality to make the other person across from me uh, happy and I wasn't really recognizing that in myself and whether that's something you do or not I think we all go into relationships 
um, with, call it a, a bit of a, a mask on, and I guess understandably so, you know, you don't want to just lay out all your dirty laundry in somebody else's, on your first dates and things like that, but I think what I've learned in the time that I've been um, connecting with, uh, you know, other people and, and building relationships is the earlier you can sort of uh, recognize that the truth is better than the false and who you are is effectively uh, more important than what you are or what you portray um, and vice versa, uh, the better off you're going to be. I think when we try to create this false persona or we create a persona that somehow effectively keeps us in the good books of the person across from us, uh, we can only weather that for so long, and especially when difficult times come, it's even harder to weather that uh, that reality. So this is why that process of self-reflection early on in life and recognizing who you are is is really important as before you get into relationships. I remember one of the people I worked with one time was a little older than me, and he said to me, uh, Scotty, uh, men should never get married before they're 30 years old. And whether you ascribe to that or not or understand where he's coming from, I think his viewpoint to me was that most men really don't know who they are or where they're going before they they turn uh, 30. And that may be different for everybody out there listening. Uh, Most certainly you might have a connection point to, you know, where you're going. But I think more and more even today, that that rings true. You know, it takes a while to get your professional uh, c- career going to know what it is you want to accomplish and where you want to go. And if you're in this process of um, self-discovery while you're with somebody else, you, you really can't be truthful about who you are because who you're going to become is probably going to be completely different than who you are today. Um, and so... Not that you shouldn't be in relationships, but you've got to recognize that and be truthful about that in in the process of the relationship building that you have and do your best to be open about that. And, you know, I did that once in that relationship and that sort of blew up on me uh, at the end of uh, a few years uh, through, I went through college living with this person and then after college and got a couple of scares uh, in the relationship and finally um, we broke up and she went her own way and I was on my own for a little while but uh, seemed to struggle with the idea of being on my own and I met another gal and started dating her and then we kind of lived apart for a while and again you know sort of that false pretense of who I was and, and part of it was just not knowing who I was and and not recognizing that I was modifying myself and for their benefit in some sense and also for my benefit too because self selfishly I wanted to be in a relationship and be with somebody and uh, needed that in my life and I think all of us kind of search for that to a degree so we find ourselves compromising and I compromised again I went down to got a job opportunity which I've talked about in prior podcasts to go down to New York and work for the New York Islanders and uh, this person came along with me and we got married before we left and I swore I wouldn't get married again. Uh, Actually, I'm already forgetting about one relationship I had before that one, which was um, I met another gal years before um, and we, 
you know, f- fell in love uh, and went through um, a strange process. And I discovered in her that she, you know, was discovering her, um, who she was and her sexuality and all this kind of stuff. And it came to fruition that we just weren't going to work out. And we had to, after a year's marriage, had to divorce and came to find out later that, um, you know, she... She had chosen another path and was uh, dating a, another a woman, and they were off going into their world, uh, and that made a lot of sense to me. Again, that idea of, you know, who she was discovering in herself, and I was discovering myself, you know, that wasn't fair to either of us, but, uh, you know, we figured it out and learned from one another. Um, and then segue to this other relationship and I had sort of sworn I wouldn't get married again and I got married again to go down to the States and again compromised, made some compromises to make that happen and the message to you, the listener, is you know when you're getting married isn't a solution set for a problem it's not a convenience thing, it's not even a dream it's, uh, you know, it's it's a big um, responsibility in essence that to somebody else and to the potential that you're going to create together and you need to recognize that as you go into it and not everybody does uh, I think we fall in love with the feeling and the dreams and the possibilities that we think are there and we don't always recognize all the things that come with that uh, even when we live together we don't discover that because there's still not that sort of that commitment that we have to recognize and so there's a lot of thought that should go into it and that brings me to you know a learning that I had um, kind of in parallel to the relationship that I now successfully broker on a daily basis with uh, my partner, Jamie. And I discovered a book a while ago called uh, The Five Love Languages. And uh, Dr. Gary Chapman writes that book, and I would recommend it to anybody, even if you're not in a relationship, just for your own self-understanding. And he talks a lot about, uh, or within the context of the book, about the five love languages that people have. And... um, I don't have them prepared in front of me, but if I am to recollect them, um, they are um, physical touch, uh, words of affirmation, um, acts of service, uh, gifts, and um, I think the last one is related to time or um, listening or to the sense of somebody giving you their time or or a connection, so to speak. And so the... The book really walks you through understanding that you usually have one primary love language and then most of the time a secondary one. And recognizing what that primary love language is in yourself then gives you a recognition that A, that's the kind of thing you need from a partner that you um, get in a relationship with. And B, um, that that's probably the way you tend to love somebody else. So when you connect with somebody, let's say uh, physical touch is something that is is your primary. Well, you're probably going to be more touchy-feely with your partner. And you have to recognize whether they are that. 
And sometimes, you know, in that the first parts of the relationship, we don't see that because there's all that uh, immediate uh, excitement, etc., for the first part of the relationship. But when you get beyond that, then sometimes you start to recognize the other person maybe doesn't like physical touch as much. Maybe they're they don't like uh, you know th- touching uh, in in public, or you know they have their certain ways and spaces they have to be prepared for. And when you start to recognize that, then either you do one of two things. You either find out what theirs language is and you modify the way you act in love towards them to satisfy their need or you recognize that maybe you guys are not um, the best people for one another because it's just too, those two things are just too um, disrelative between the two of you and that's that's an important recognition point. Um, if you don't recognize that then what happens is you just generally it becomes a wedge that starts to expand bigger and bigger and there becomes resentment in the relationship and and future you know uh, discovery uh, of 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 maybe something going wrong or going sideways so that's a big piece is one is self-awareness knowing who you are understanding what your love language is and how you love somebody else and then when you get into a relationship understanding what that person's love language is and who they are and so you know when I went into my relationship with Jamie you know first and foremost I was very open at the beginning about what I wanted and what I was looking for in a relationship which was challenging for her because she was younger than me and hadn't really recognized that kind of approach for a while. I took a certain amount of um, um, patience on my my side uh, over the years to sort of connect uh, all the dots, but I knew that Jamie was the right person for me because of, you know, many of the things that uh, were just were really um, powerful about our friendship and our relationship, which which has been the sort of underpinning of the success of our relationship has been our friendship and our deep respect for one another and enjoyment of being around each other. And so we discovered over time that, you know, Jamie's Jamie's primary love language is is that idea of time and and um, availability to 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 be listened to and to to sort of connect. Um, and mine is more uh, physical touch. And so we've shared that with one another and so we try to you know when we recognize that our partner's a little bit you know off we recognize that's probably something we need to give to them and sort of we do our best to to effectively connect with that on a regular basis and even the bigger part of that is to not necessarily wait until your partner is you know in a in a poor state of mind or, or affairs because you want to react to it. It's be proactive and try to connect with those things on a regular basis. So I make time to listen to Jamie, to listen to the stories that maybe she she wants to tell me about in life and stuff. And same thing we discover with our daughter now, you know, like what our daughter's love language is, I think, is is time. And also, I think she also uh, really enjoys physical touch as well. So she's kind of a, uh, a dual um, version of myself and Jamie. And so we, we try to make sure we connect with those things on a regular basis with her. And that sets you on a footing of positive direction forward. So those are my experiences. And I know in this industry of human performance, uh, or if you're not in that industry and you're a listener, you know, our primary relationship is a really important part of our success. And a lot of times we have to be away a lot and we have to be disconnected from the family. And so 
if that is uh, a a part of your life, coming to that recognition with your partner what they need so that when you are back and together or what your kids need, you try to give as much of that as you can and hopefully they also understand what your needs are so when you're home they can give that to you. And I think when you start to build your relationship on that foundation, you'll start to recognize that even if you're away from one another for periods of time, um, you know, you can find ways to... um, connect nowadays we have zoom and all these different things and and whether it's leaving a card or you know um, some kind of connection uh, with the different forms of love uh, you 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 can really maintain a really good quality relationship if even if you're not in the same room all the time Uh, and so that's the advice I wanted to provide people today off of some of the experiences I've had Uh, I've been divorced twice and uh, married three times and I plan to stick out this one till the very uh, end and uh, and I wish everybody out there the best and hopefully uh, you've taken something away again the book is five love languages by Gary Dr. Gary Chapman and highly recommend that read so have a great day thanks for joining us today on leave your mark I hope we've left a mark on you today and we wish only that you pay it forward by sharing this story taking the time to rate and comment on this podcast Please follow us at Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain and become a member of this community at Scott G. Livingston on Facebook. Have a great day. Music by Cedric de Saint-Rome.